the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you once our number two gets underway on this Friday, the 12th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks again to Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform coming on to talk about the uh, two huge immigration issues. Number one, the raids or the sweeps to arrest people and deport them, uh, those who have already been given final orders of deportation. You know, it's so funny is I'm listening to the left and reading the left scream about how they can't do this. Uh, we need to get these people lawyers. We need to get these people a chance to be seen before a judge before they are moved out of here. They've already had their lawyers. They've already been seen by a judge. They have been ordered, deported from the United States of America. Stop trying to add extra super special due process. Due process was already given. They're gone. Then the other one, of course, is the ongoing battle over asking who's a citizen in this country and who is not. President Trump made it appear as though he was going to fight the Supreme Court, which kind of basically tried to add something that wasn't a part of the uh, Constitution, which is purpose and reason for why they wanted to include the citizenship question on the census, the same way that it had been for the last two centuries. Um, Suddenly the Supreme Court and Chief Justice John Roberts, writing for the majority, sent this back to a lower court saying we need a better reason why you want to do it. Their reason doesn't matter. They have the authority. It is within the the uh, discretion and the purview of the President of the United States through the Commerce Department, which is not Congress, by the way. It is executive branch decisions that uh, you know as to what is on that census. So anyway, the President said, okay, I'm not going to fight now, which disappointed a lot of people, myself included. But he apparently plans to pursue the citizenship question in a different way. He plans to collect the data. Speaking at the Rose Garden, he announced a new executive order 
that would order federal agencies to report citizenship information to the Commerce Department. That effort could provide a complete tally of the illegal immigrants living in the country, the president said. Far-left Democrats in our country are determined to conceal the number of illegal aliens in our midst. This is part of a broader left-wing effort to erode the rights of the American citizen, and that is very unfair, the president correctly said. So how's he going to do this? At the summit, the social media summit yesterday afternoon, uh, before his Rose Garden remarks, he shared his opinion of the courts that are essentially overstepping their bounds, making three separate but co-equal branches just a little bit uneven, one branch having far more power than the other two, not equal at all. Uh, as the president said of the court, we have three very unfriendly courts. They fight us all the way, judges that don't like us too much, I guess. The White House ran out of time, it seems. Nancy Pelosi was happy to tell the press this morning the Commerce Department had already begun printing census forms last week. So the president is going to have to do this by other means. I don't know how much confidence I have in his ability to get those done by other means. What does this mean, have other uh, agencies report to the Commerce Department uh, the numbers of, of legal citizens and illegal citizens? How do they know without, again, a census? So that's just part of the story. Let's go back to the phones. We'll go to who's been waiting the longest. Lisa has. Lisa Woods in Medina, and I bet she's calling about Medina County friends and neighbors. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, Bob. Yep, tomorrow's the second Saturday of the month, and some people know that that's uh, our meeting day, the second and fourth Saturdays. And we have Michael Newburn. He is uh, with Students for Concealed Carry. He's a national board and spokesperson for Con- Students for Concealed Carry. Started off right here in Ohio um, years ago, and he founded the Ohio State University chapter of the Students for Concealed Carry, and then later became Ohio director, and now is on the national board. Wow, that's fantastic. I did not even know there was an organization called Students for Concealed Carry. I know there has been uh, a push for campus carry, what we you know just called campus carry on, on college campuses, but I didn't know there was an organization like this. And if you got uh, the guy who's behind it all, that's fantastic. What time is the, uh, is the um, event tomorrow? It's at 8.30 in the morning. We'll be done at uh, 10, and it's at the Copper Top in Valley City. It's the Copper Top Golf Club. We'd love to see folks out there. Um, and we also have Claire Lopez coming up on the 27th. So we've got two great speakers for, for July. That is awesome. I love Claire. She's phenomenal. And you know what? This uh, this gun rights issue, and I know this is specific to students for concealed carry, but seriously, uh, our gun rights are in severe jeopardy when you listen to the rhetoric from the Democratic candidates for president. Now, one of them would have to win for this to really be an issue, but um, it is something that we do need to kind of um, mobilize around and uh, and make sure that we are supporting our Second Amendment rights in every aspect that we can. So I think it's a great guest that you have coming tomorrow. <laughs> Goodness, yes. Thank you so much. And Mike has presented research on on violence and and gun policy, and I think it'll be a very important um, meeting for for folks that want to get more involved and protect our Second Amendment. These are things that we really need to know and and, uh, can't think of a, a better expert. We've had some great people on the Second Amendment. You know, Jim Irvine comes out uh, at least once a year. We've had people from the national uh, that's on the board of the NRA from Columbus. We've had Linda Walker. And now, you know, this fella is just going to be fantastic. In fact, um, our friend Melissa Atkinson is the one that kind of gave me a heads up on, oh, on Mike. That's yeah. wonderful. 
Well, listen, Lisa, I hope you have a great event tomorrow. Let's get a great turnout there at the Medina County Friends and Neighbors meeting tomorrow and then obviously on the 27th again, as she said, for Claire Lopez. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. Let me move to Mike, who's calling from Cleveland. And, Mike, you are on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Mike. What's on your mind? I'm very concerned about the social media and how apparently they are trying to silence conservative blogs and news sites. As an example, probably one of the most important or visited sites is the Drudge Report. Right. And would you agree on that? Yes, I would. The App Store, the Apple App Store has dropped it. You can no longer punch up the Drudge Report to the Apple App Store. I on don't your think iPhone. that's an Apple thing, though. Um, I read. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong because I, I used to have that app. In fact, it's still on my phone. But when you tap it, um, it, it doesn't open. There's nothing there. Um, there, there. This has been a, a, a several years on, on thing where the Drudge Report, according to some of the things that I read, Matt Drudge is just not that interested in having the app or his site mobilized for an app uh, to be put on a on a uh, you know to to be put on on, on a smartphone app store. Um, it's just because of the way it's set up. You know the way it's such. A, it's a news aggregator, obviously, in the three columns and so on and so forth. It was just hard to navigate. And from what I read a f- couple of years ago, maybe a few years ago, I don't know, he just wasn't that interested in making it available on an app and said, just go to the website, just go under your browser and go to drudgereport.com. So it's possible. I'm not sure, but it's possible. This isn't an Apple thing. It's a drudge people uh, not really telling his people to, to worry about the, the, the app very much. Well, the app was working till two weeks ago, and then I tried to re-download it, and the information came up, currently not available in your country. Yeah, and I think I still think that's a drudge decision, not an Apple decision, because I was working. Okay. By the way, if you had yours working two weeks ago, that's better than me. Mine stopped working two months ago, at least. So I, I kind of stopped going to it on my phone. I just went ahead and did what you know they said to do, which is I just go to the, the browser, you know, the Safari browser, and um, and just go to the Drudge Report and check it out that way. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, generally speaking, what you started your call with, Mike, is 100% right. These social media, and Apple isn't really social media. They're, they're a tech giant, obviously. But these social media and these um, you know Silicon Valley warlords um, are indeed trying to silence and quiet and so on and so forth. Um, uh, you know, conservative sites, conservative newsmakers, et cetera, et cetera. This is something I've been railing about for a long time on this program and even on the national programs that I fill in for. But in this case, it is possible. I don't know for sure, but I think from what I read, that the Drudge folks just didn't have that much uh, of an appetite to keep an app uh, supported. So this may be on them, and if I find out differently, I'll let you know. Thank you very much. You got it, my friend. I appreciate it. Let me go next to Medina. That's Jay on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jay. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Jay. Yes, good morning. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Thank you. Um, love, love the top of the hour bumper that you play with reagan speech that is it's awesome. inspiring isn't it every time i hear it I hear yeah it i never get tired of it inspired i know thank you for that i appreciate it but i'll get to the point uh nancy pelosi standing on television announcing to criminals to hide from what i understand of the law isn't aiding and abetting criminals a crime in itself 
That's the way I saw it, and that's exactly how I, I posted it on my Facebook page about an hour ago. I said, this is aiding and abetting. Uh, she should be in prison. Uh, because when she's when she's literally has the platform that she does, and she is advising illegal aliens on how to avoid ICE when these you know uh, deportation sweeps begin, that that's aiding and abetting uh, aiding and abetting the commission of a crime. And here's something that's even more, um, you know, uh, thought provoking in my opinion. Here, Jane, tell me what you think. These are criminal aliens who have been convicted in a court of law of crimes other than just being here illegally. And some of them are violent crimes. If one of these people is able to evade their deportation because of advice given by Nancy Pelosi or by CBS or AOC or any, you know, the networks, and then there's uh, uh, Damasio Cortez and everybody else, if they are able to avoid being captured and deported uh, legally and uh, uh, appropriately, which is exactly what we are doing now, and then they go out and commit another crime, the they become an accessory. Blood the victim's blood is literally on their hands for helping them yeah, to avoid they, they, ICE. I mean, it would be like telling a bank robber, you know, tell, come on, they're, they're coming. You know, they, they, they've got your description. Here, put on a different shirt. Here, go, go, go over there. You know, they think you're in the southwest part of the city and, and, and telling a bank robber, get over here, get over. You're helping people evade the law. That's exactly what she's doing right now, Jay. And it's, it, yes, I agree with you. It's aiding and abetting. Uh, it, it's an accessory to, to future crimes, if that's how it comes down, and she should and they should all be held accountable for it. Yep. I have another comment, uh, the Roberts thing. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I know you're disappointed with Trump, but I'm I'm thinking that this might be a strategic thing. By backing out and going another way, he's leaving that ridiculous uh, decision that uh, Roberts made to his legacy. Um, what, what, what do you mean? I'm not sure I quite understand. Well, you know, most people look at what, what he, you know, they look at what he did and say, what is that? You know, you know, are you weaseling out? Are you being political? You know, that's what he's going to be known for, at least for that particular decision. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Trump, I mean, Robert, I know, I know I'm, I'm stretching. Right, yeah, because Roberts is already going to be known for greenlighting the Obamacare um, um, mandate as a tax uh, in a lot. Because remember, Obamacare was never constitutional. It went before the Supreme Court, and he declared it to be constitutional as a tax, even though the architects of Obamacare were on TV telling everybody who would listen, this is not a tax, this is not a tax. And then John Roberts literally wrote it in as a tax. And then he's also going to be note, known for adding marriage to the Constitution. When the Constitution in the Obergefell decision was made, uh, marriage has never been touched by the Constitution, that somebody has a right to get married. They created a right to get married. And they created, that's, of course, the same-sex marriage uh, law. So John Roberts' legacy is already going to be long and uh, complicated and very complex. I don't know that Trump is necessarily saying, well, we'll, we'll, we'll stick this one on him, too, that he wouldn't allow the census to go on. I, I don't know. Well, I, then again, you know, Trump, might, he's, he's a pragmatist. He probably looked and yeah. said, decided that this is not a hill to die on. We'll go another route. We'll flank him. Except, well, if he's here's my, you know, you said you you you're thinking that he's got uh, uh, kind of something up his sleeve here. I I won't say that I'm thinking that. I'll say that I'm hoping that. I'm hoping you're right, and he's got something because to me this would be a hill to die on. It would. It is in absolutely 
all of our best interests to know who's in this country. How many citizens live here? And how many non-citizens live here? Whether that means legal or illegal residents here. We need to know that number. The future of our country depends upon it. You understand that? The future of our country depends upon it. Because our country is governed by Congress. And congressional representation is determined by the census. And if I got an extra, you know, 400,000 illegal aliens living in California and it gets them a whole bunch more congressional seats, that's a big problem for the rest of us. The future of our country depends on knowing who's here so that the dollars and the representation all go to the appropriate places. We cannot just allow this to happen. So I think it is a hold to die on. If he's got a flanking move here, then uh, good. I want to see it. I want to. I want to know what. It, well, I want to know what it is ahead of time. I'm, loose lips sink ships. I'm finding that out with this immigration sweep, but uh, or deportation sweep. But I do. I really hope that that is the case. Thanks for the call. It's ten twenty three. Back after this. better jerry can you hear me yeah jerry yes yeah bob i just wanted to i just wanted to make a comment on mr Uh, ray i think his figures are awful low on this immigration i agree with you i think uh i think even you are are low and um one other thing i can't see the logic in deporting a thousand people out of one door and ten thousand are coming in another door uh, where, where, where's the wall stand now? How can we stop these people from coming in? That's the big thing to get that wall completed. Well, and that's a other huge thing, part of it, yes. And one other thing, Bob, is I, uh, being in the service, I resent the fact that I'm using they're using my tax money to build facilities for these immigrants coming in here. I don't care whether they're families, children, or what. With that tax money, four point five billion or whatever it is, they could they could make new roads all over the United States and and drop these gasoline taxes and so forth. So I really resent my tax money going to that. That's just an incentive for more people coming in here, along with this health care thing that they're proposing. Well, just let me, let me try to clarify some of that for you, Jerry. The $4.6 billion isn't for, like, you know, long-term um, uh, living quarters for illegal aliens. These are for the detention facilities on the border that are overflowing because we're, you know, getting that massive rush of people here, and we want to detain them as long as we can so that we can try to adjudicate their cases and then turn them back. Um the sad truth is, as you know, we can't adjudicate them fast enough, and after their time runs out, as far as the length of time you're mandatory, the, the minimum or maximum, I should say, that you're allowed to hold them, then they get turned loose in the catch and release program. But the money that you're talking about, these, you know, look at them as short-term jail facilities, because that's what they are. We have to detain people who have been arrested for crimes in the United States. We detain them usually in city or county jails, and then if they go to court and have their case adjudicated and they get convicted, then they go to a prison. 
uh, depending on the severity of the crime. So these are just temporary holding facilities, and they're needed. So your tax money, in my opinion, is going to a good place. Um, that $4.6 billion is going to hold these people. Otherwise, they just come in. They The flow gets even worse. We don't detain them at all, and they end up just uh, you know flooding into American cities and making things even worse. So... Uh, I hope that kind of clarifies a little bit of it for you, Jerry. Thanks for the phone call. It's 1030. We'll get news. we got breaking news, by the way. Apparently, um, Alex Acosta has resigned as U.S. Labor Secretary following the Epstein plea deal scandal that has come to light again with the arrest of Jeffrey Epstein. So we'll get a little bit more on that for you and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. We roll onward on this free-for-all Friday edition of the Extravaganza. Great phone calls today so far. One great guest and another to come. We had uh, David Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform on. Yeah, I, I, I disagree, and you know, I know this is what they do for a living at FAIR, and I will be back down there in September, by the way, for the Holding Their Feet to the Fire event. Uh, this will be the 15th, I want to say, year. Uh, I've I got to double-check that. I was there last year in D.C. broadcasting from Radio Row at Holding Their Feet to the Fire. I will be back there in September. We'll talk more about that then. They say 12.5. I think that number is much higher. Uh, it just doesn't stand to reason that it could be any lower than, than that, quite fr- or uh, it could be that low, quite frankly. But uh, we'll talk more about that as we continue. But my next guest uh, is going to be a little bit more localized here in the state of Ohio. The Ohio Liberty Coalition is having a huge event coming up tomorrow. It is being held at the... Uh, House of New Hope Banquet and Conference Center in, and I'm going to bring John McAvoy on now because I want to get make sure I get this right. I feel so goofy about this. Uh, John, thank you for coming, President of the Ohio Liberty Coalition. How are you, sir? Well, good morning, Bob. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Hey, hey, John, I just got to help you. Gotta help me here, okay? Because I'm not familiar with the town. When I see Saint and Lewis together, I want to call it Louisville. But when I see the word Louisville by itself, I would call it like Kentucky Louisville. So where is it? Saint what in Ohio tomorrow? Well, it's it's actually at Saint Louisville at the Louisville, uh, at the house of Saint Louisville, and it's just north of Newark. It's probably about. Uh, five miles north of Newark, uh, south of Mount Vernon, north of Newark. Uh, okay. I think probably what maybe about a 20, 30-minute drive, uh, kind of sort of north-east-ish of uh, Columbus. How did St. Louisville get the honor of uh, hosting the Ohio Liberty Co- Coalition event tomorrow? Well, they have an excellent venue there uh, that they offered us uh, at, a, at a very good price, and uh, we went and looked at the venue, and, and we enjoy working with the, the owners of the venue, and uh, so that's kind of where we decided to give this a, a try. We've, we've been at numerous locations over the past few years, and this one looks like this is going to be a very exciting venue. Well, I think it's going to be a I was looking at the speakers lineup uh, for the event tomorrow. And before we talk about that, because I think that's going to be very exciting for everybody who's in attendance. There's a lot of really great people representing a lot of really great organizations there. But before we get specific, let's do it a little more generally, uh, generally tell people what is the Ohio Liberty Coalition. We, Bob, we started the Ohio Liberty Coalition about 10, 10, 11 years ago, and its goal was to uh, not necessarily unite uh, conservative liberty Tea Party groups around the state of Ohio, but more or less to act as kind of a, a common venue where 
where people could you know find each other and network with each other we we kind of act more as a conduit for all these different groups and organizations uh, so that they can help each other and lend a hand to each other and, and keep each other informed about what's going on. And it's been very, very successful and very, very growing over over the last uh, 10 years, uh, to the point where we were actually targeted by the uh, by the IRS uh, in our C-4 application many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's been all resolved, and the IRS admitted their guilt, and uh, onward and upward we moved. So we're, we're still doing our mission, and our mission is uh, quite simple, is – to, is to have the uh, the Liberty Conservative and Tea Party group type organizations. Our mission is to help them succeed in their mission. You know, I, that's a great way to say it. Um, we talk a lot. I talk with members of those various groups on a, on a semi frequently frequent basis on this program, and 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 one of the things we always talk about is is everybody working together. Or is everybody kind of rowing in their own direction? I think we all have the same goals in terms of liberty and protecting liberty, protecting our republic, uh, making sure that you know uh, government interference is as little as possible, and we have the opportunities that uh, our founders afforded us. And I think they're all in you know rowing in the same direction as far as that goes. But can we unify? Can we unite and become a bigger and stronger force for good and for uh, you know the, the 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 principles upon which this great republic was founded? And I guess that's what I like about this. You're bringing all these people together under one roof. And my only question is: is how often can you do this? Is this just an annual event, or is this something that can be done a little bit more frequently to bring uh, you know various groups together to kind of uh, coordinate together? Yeah, Bob, we we do this a couple times a year. And we always have a very, very good mix. Uh, summer, summer is always a challenge because people are taking vacations. But still, uh, we're, we're, we're looking like we're going to have a very good turnout uh, tomorrow for this event. And as far as uh, unifying, that uh, one of our greatest strengths of, of the conservative liberty uh, movement is, is the fact that there really is no common item uh, that you could actually target. In other words, you, you couldn't target uh, the leadership of a specific group and take down the whole group. But on the other hand, that's also one of our greatest weaknesses, is there, there, doesn't, there really isn't a common uh, leadership threat, if you will. Now, a lot of these groups and organizations uh, are, are heading to the same goals. Their, their goals are identical but their pathways of getting there are a little bit different, uh, and that, and that's very good because uh, I was I was talking with uh, some people from, uh, for instance, the Ohio Futures Foundation, and their their methodology of, of reaching their goal is is slightly different than some of the methodology of some of the other groups and organizations that will be there. But again, they're they're working toward the same goal. It's just this maybe a slightly different audience, maybe a different. Uh, 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 dynamics, uh, different uh, geopolitical groups, uh, but the the goal is the same, but the dynamics of getting to that goal might be slightly different. We are and, talking... And obviously, oh, when we, obviously when we have uh, uh, events like this, these two groups or these three groups or organizations can actually sit down and talk to each other and, and kind of share notes on how, how they're progressing and maybe some ideas on, on how to move forward more quickly or more efficiently and maybe even some things that say we tried this and this really didn't work and you know so so that's what this is all about this is a huge networking opportunity for not only groups but for individuals to come in and and and, and meet these groups and meet these organizations and mm-hmm. and possibly 
uh, like, for instance, uh, another example would be I've, I've had calls of people asking me if I would be willing to come and speak to their, their groups and organizations. And by all means, I certainly will. But this is an opportunity for those people to to to, to recruit other groups and organizations that, that are definitely – uh, could come to their groups and meetings and, and talk to their membership. Uh, so this, again, this is a huge networking opportunity. I love that. I do. That's a great, a great example you just gave as well to get great speakers to come and address groups and again to kind of coordinate together. Uh, John McAvoy is our guest. He is the president of the Ohio Liberty Coalition. Huge event tomorrow in St. Louisville, as we just pointed out at the House of New Hope Banquet and Conference Center. Kind of centralized, I guess, near Columbus, like you said, so people from all over the state can come up and be a part of this. Um, let's talk about some of the speakers and some of the groups represented there. You mentioned the Ohio Futures Foundation. That's Jim Renacci's organization. I see his name on the list. Uh, give us some of the other organizations represented and uh, some of the speakers people are going to hear from? Well, we're going to have a good mix of, I'm, I'm going to say, both uh, national, uh, Ohio, uh, statewide, regional, uh, and even and very localized. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, Jim Renacci's group, the Ohio Futures Foundation, is really moving forward. Uh, excellent organization. I think they're going to offer uh, Ohio, the, the conservative, liberty-minded people in Ohio, an excellent opportunity for the future, what they're doing. Another similar organization to that is, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Ohio Republic, uh, uh, Ohio School Board Leadership Coalition. You know, we have school, uh, a lot of school board people will be on the ballot this next election cycle. Well, Kelly Coles from the Ohio School Board Leadership Coalition uh, has, that organization has been around for a while. She brings people in and, and kind of teaches them and shows them what really are the responsibilities of, of a school board and, and how they should be acting. And you'll find that this is slightly different from, from what you'll be hearing at the other school, uh, school board uh, coalition. And, of course, Buckeye Firearms is always present, and they're always a fantastic organization to be dealing with in, as far as Second Amendment. And NRA will be there. Uh, they'll be represented. They'll, again, Second Amendment. Tom Zawistowski from we the, we the People Convention is on the list. That's correct. Tom Z will be there uh, representing the We the People. Uh, this is this is kind of a little bit of a similarity between the We the People Convention and what the Ohio Liberty Coalition is doing. We're not we're not really competing against each other, but again, we're we're helping each other out. We're we're helping Tom Z's organization, and Tom Z's organization is certainly uh, helping us. And, uh, and a couple of others, just uh, because they're the ones that I know I'm familiar with. Uh, Dan Ramada uh, is my friend. He's the uh, uh, co-founder of the Cleveland chapter of Act for America, along with Beverly Goldstein. I see he is on the list. So I want to kind of encourage uh, uh, some of our listeners who might be thinking. And Michael Goldstein um, from uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. That's Beverly Goldstein's husband, of course, and he's the Ohio director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. So you really do have a really great, wonderfully um, you know, diverse group of conservative and liberal loving organizations represented here I, I really think it's a phenomenal opportunity yeah now we we really scored a couple good ones i i know uh uh, uh the ohio star will be there and that's an excellent for conservatives are looking for an excellent source of good quality conservative news that uh the ohio star and of course uh, the tennessee star and i think it's michael Leahy's group that they'll be there we got walk away. Now, some folks from walk away are going to come. And this is going to be interesting because this is, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually really want to sit down and talk with these people to see what, what they're going on and, now, walk and what we away. can is do that, to help is that them. The same as, is that the same as the Brexit group where they're talking about walking away from, uh, uh, from, I'm sorry, not Brexit, Blexit, excuse me, walking away from the Democrat, uh, Democrat plantation? 
that that's correct. That's exactly what it is. And I really want to dig in and get some more because I think conservative liberty groups are going to be very interested in having these people come to their meetings. No doubt about it. I think it's going to be a great thing. So tomorrow, again, it's the uh, is the organization's uh, meeting. The It's in St. Louisville, as we pointed out, uh, at the House of New Hope Banquet and Conference Center in St. Louisville. If you're interested, uh, where can people go if uh, they're just looking for more information about how to be a part of these things, whether they can make it down tomorrow or in the future? Website or anything you can Bob, the, the best place for them to stop is at the OhioLibertyCoalition.org website. OhioLibertyCoalition.org uh, website. You'll Got you'll it. go there. You kind of see what we do. Uh, if you go there now, you'll see a lot of information about this event coming up tomorrow. I, I do want to plug. We have two really great speakers uh, that are uh, FreedomWorks have assisted us in, in uh, securing these speakers. Reverend, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Reverend uh, C. L. Bryant will be uh, coming down. He'll be our lunchtime uh, speaker. Very, very dynamic. Reverend Bryant was actually, he's a former president of the Garland, Texas NAACP, and his messages are always fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, Stephen Moore is going to be in the afternoon, kind of around closing time. Stephen Moore was the, uh, he's the, he's the co-author of a book called Trumponomics. And, of course, he was also nominated uh, to be on the, on the Federal Reserve and uh, later withdrew his nomination. But Stephen Moore is really dynamic. I mean, if you really want the inside information on what was going on with the Trump uh, campaign during the 2016-2017 uh, the, the period, Stephen Moore is there. And, and he is he's dynamic, he's energetic, and he really knows that uh, what we need to do in Ohio to, to kind, of, kind of pull this thing off for 2020. Well, so these like two guys are really, going to be our, our main speakers. You, yeah, I'm glad to hear you uh, feature them then, uh, because uh, that is very important to get out there. You've got a great list, a great lineup here. And I'm looking at it now. It's the OhioLibertyCoalition.org website that John just told us about. And uh, it also notes here that I- admission and lunch is free for all individual attendees, but you do have to register so that they can prepare for a certain number of people. So if you want to uh, do this, you have to click the I'd like to attend button down toward the bottom of the, bottom of the homepage, Ohio Liberty Coalition. Dot org. John McAvoy is the president. John, thank you so much for the information. Uh, thanks for putting this great uh, opportunity for uh, conservative and liber- uh, liberty-loving individuals to get together tomorrow uh, in St. Louisville. We really appreciate your time. Bob, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Have a great day, sir. That and a great event tomorrow. That's John McAvoy. Again, he's the president of the Ohio Liberty Coalition. That's a fantastic event. I love the fact that groups are getting together and uniting and working together. It's 1048. I got time for a few more phone calls before the top of the hour. Let's come right back after this on AM 1420 The Answer. segment of the Bob France Authority for the hour. Final segment, actually, of the program. And now that I think about it, it's our final segment of the week. Let's make it count. I've got a couple of really good, actually, three really good phone calls on the line. Let's try to make sure we have room for all of them before we uh, sign off for the week. Rick is calling from my hometown of Elyria. Hi, Rick. Go right ahead. Hello, Rick. Is Rick there? Hello? Yes, I got you, Rick. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah. The question on that Obama had in regards to the DACA decision and the question where he took the census, the citizenship question off the census, right. was that done with a stroke of a pen? And if, it, if those two were 
Why is it so difficult to just not undo it with a stroke of a pen? Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't think that it was. I don't think it was just a, like, an executive order. I think it was, you know, the way the, the, the Constitution requires the government to count its people is by way of the Commerce Department, which is under the authority of the executive branch. And it was the Commerce Department that just made the decision, and nobody questioned it. Nobody thought about it. Nobody really did anything about it. At least I don't recall it in 2010 being a massive story. But because it wasn't a massive story to take it off, I don't understand. I'm with you, uh, Rick. I don't understand why it's such a huge deal to put it back on where it has been in some form or another for 200 years. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, I never heard that they had a vote on it for Obama to do. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have had a vote. They wouldn't have had a vote because it's not up to the Congress. This is this, this, this resides solely within the purview of the executive branch. And that's what makes it so, so strange that the, that the executive branch can't do what you know the executive executive branch did, uh, you know, ten years ago, and do it the other direction. Yeah, it seems to be a simple solution to me. So yeah, you have a good will, day, Bob. The only difference, thank you, my friend, for the phone call. The only difference, of course, is that the you know the Congress, this Congress, will obstruct everything and anything that Donald Trump does. This is not their business. This is executive branch business, period. Full stop. That's it. And yet they have made it their business by, by you know, we're going to hold hearings, we're going to hold subpoenas, we're going to go on TV and call the president racist. This is an attempt to uh, just to um, uh, stop um, uh, brown people from gaining a foothold in this country. It's to making uh, America white again. Isn't that what Nancy Pelosi this said? This is about keeping, you know, make America, you know, his hat. Make America white again. Yeah, this is this is not even their business. And yet, but like I said before, they will do everything they can to obstruct and to try to stop the president from doing anything and everything that is good for this country. Because when he does things that are good for this country, what happens? People recognize it. And they're happy about it. And they're going to want to reelect him. And that can't be allowed, according to the Democrats. I said it before, and I'll say it a million times. If Donald Trump came out tomorrow and gave a speech in favor of oxygen, Democrats would hold their breath. That's it. That's, that's the bottom line. If he said, I'm pro-air, they would hold their breath and deny themselves air. We can't be for something that Donald Trump is for. Eric is calling us from Monroe Falls. Hi, Eric. Go ahead. Eric, are you there? Hello, Eric. Eric going once. Eric going twice, and I love saying the word. I just hate losing the call. Eric going thrice. Sorry, my friend. Uh, TJ in Cleveland. Are you there, TJ? I'm there. Yeah, you know, Bob, just strictly an opinion. You know, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I look at two men, Justice Roberts and General Flynn. And I look at Roberts, and I realize one thing. He knows the Constitution very well. But some of his rulings are very puzzling. And I have to think to myself, why? Do the left have something on him in his closet he's worried about, or does he simply want to be popular and loved and accepted? And, I, and my feeling is he's given up his integrity for some reason. Then I look at a man like General Flynn, who Mueller destroyed him and his family to get him to compose and lie to go after Trump. Yet the man stood tall and never gave up his integrity, even though he lost his house, 
threat, uh, threats of incarceration. He would not give up his integrity and sense of duty. And it makes me think back to when I was a young soldier and an old sergeant told me one time, son, they can take everything from you in life. They can take your home, your family, your life, your fortune. There's only one thing they can't take, and that's your integrity. You can only freely give it away. I salute General Flynn. I concur on both of those points. On the Roberts part, though, I, I don't know if he's just trying to be popular, if that's the way you, you, you put it, or uh, what he's trying to do. I, I, I just think he, was mis, I think he was misdiagnosed by President Bush as a real conservative um, constructionalist and originalist of the Constitution. I think Bush thought he was more conservative and more of a of an originalist than he is. And he's more of a liberal who can be swayed that the Constitution is a living, breathing document that can be changed and can be added to or, or uh, you know, to have something taken away from based on his whim. Uh, I just think he's not what we thought he was. And now he's the swing justice. Now you never know whether he's going liberal or going Republican. He's replaced Kennedy in that role, much more than Kavanaugh, who actually replaced Kevin Kennedy on the court. And that's possible, Bob. But, you know, even his decision on the uh, Affordable Care Act, uh, you know, there's something wrong there. I mean, there's something deeper than that. And, and I, like I said, I've always suspected maybe they have something on him. Who knows? You know, yeah, they play know. so dirty I, I, on yeah. the left, you know. Well, you're right, they do. But, I mean, if they, if they had something dirty on him, I think they would have played it when he was nominated by Bush. But he kind of sailed through the, you know, even though Bush received a lot of the same kind of Trump uh, um, treatment in terms of the left and in terms of the news media and so on, um, not giving him a fair shake. If memory serves, Robert sailed through pretty easily in his confirmation hearings. It was nothing like, obviously, what was done to Bork or Clarence Thomas or clearly Brett Kavanaugh just this past fall. Um, so I, I don't know. If the left had something on him, I think they would have played that card already and tried to stop him. But uh, obviously, I think they're very happy with him. I think they're very happy with him because they look and they see he's a guy who's literally willing to give them uh, every much, uh, uh, you know, every bit of a fair shake or a benefit of the doubt that uh, uh, that uh, he gives conservatives. You know, he's not the orig- originalist that people re- thought he was. All right, that's it. That's all the time we've got. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Great conversations with David Ray and with um, John McAvoy. And thanks to you for great phone calls all day long. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.